Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we're continuing a discussion from last time. Last time we talked an awful lot about kite surfing and skiing and all kinds of other great things that are an awful lot like learning to help your Agile team. And we said they were like those things in that it was really important to have as much coaching and help as you could could find, whether that was from an actual physical coach or from a... A book or anything else, a podcast, for example, that could help you. And we also said that it was really important to practice. And we gave one example of how to practice using a feeling chart. We said, hey, we have some other ideas about how to practice, and we'll talk about those next time. Well, it's next time. Yeah, here so, we are. <laughs> uh, exactly. So let's talk about how to practice. And when we talked about it before having the podcast, Jeffrey, you were on fire and uh, <laughs> you invented a, a whole new regime. I mean, we're, we're, I'm sure we're going to be talking about this for years, uh, the four R's of learning through case studies. So do you want to, do you want to describe your exciting, uh, ideas? you just, you were R focused today. <laughs> yeah, well, was, I, I think we were talking about the different types of practice, uh, and we were talking about the analogies and how maybe when you're learning to, to play tennis, you might go out and just, you know, have a sort of an artificial situation and play, uh, just, you know, one thing over and over again, you might just serve again and again. But but you said back to me and said, you know, I, I don't actually usually do that. Almost always uh, we're dealing with stuff that came up in reality. Yeah, the reality has plenty of opportunities to hit the ball back <laughs> and miss the ball and, and knock it into the sky and who knows what else. I, I, I don't need to set up too many uh, uh, artificial opportunities to, to screw up as I'm <laughs> trying to help agile teams. That's right. There's plenty of conversations happening throughout the day, and and our our lack of skill means we have many opportunities to uh, to learn from them and use them as practice. And so, what we're going to talk about really is is not just like a technique for study, but more of uh, illustrating these four R's are um, a meta practice. There's something that we we might use with different models and uh, different sets of skills that we're particularly working on. And uh, we'll go ahead and describe what the four R's are, and then we'll run through them uh, with an example. Excellent. Lay, lay it on us. What are the four uh, four steps? Okay, so step one is record, uh, which is you're going to have to actually write down uh, what happened, the the facts that happened. Now, this is usually actually the the biggest stumbling block for people because they often think that uh, it's a lot of work to write stuff down, and they'd like to just do it in their head. But the it's vital to actually get it get it out of your head. Yeah, exactly. Because as long as it's in your head, it's kind of amorphous and squishy, and it's hard to really think critically about it. It's hard to offer it to examination to other people, and it's hard to even uh, know for yourself what it was that you've said. Um, so so the, the first step here is record. Uh, the second is uh, to reflect. So you, you have your recording in whatever format you're you're recording it in, uh, which might vary based on on uh, what what model you're following. But but now you're going to reflect on what you said and begin to score it or otherwise mark it up and look for areas that uh, for improvement. Uh, so you, you're going to have that uh, recording and then reflect on it, and then from there you're going to say, okay, well, given these these problems I found, these weaknesses, now step three will be revise and create an alternative of what you might have said or or done. And this is where you get a bit creative. So because now, now you're taking advantage of the fact that you're offline, you have a bit of time, you've identified some areas that could have been better. And now it's like, well, now's your chance to produce better behavior. We could move on because well, we've done step three, but actually 
this kind of going to cheat here and there's kind of a step 3.5 which is you're, you're probably going to have to repeat the last couple of steps a couple of times you're, you're keeping to the r's it's great so <laughs> r, the third and a half uh, th- uh, item is repeat so go back to the previous step mm-hmm. exactly yeah you have to go back and sort of now that you came up with this alternative you're going to need to reflect on that revision because <laughs> odds are if you're if your first one in the heat of the moment wasn't very good your your second one now sitting down is is still it's probably better but it's probably not as good as you're capable of. So you use this time and space you have in practice mode to go ahead and reflect on that revision and re-revise. And of course, we're going to re-repeat here. And you're going to keep doing this and, and come up with multiple revisions until you have something you think feels pretty good. Gee, if, if only our listeners were familiar with some process of software development that involved a lot of iteration and trying <laughs> things over and over until, oh yeah, actually, we do know about that. Great. Okay. So this should feel like that process, but it's for your own conversations and your own improvement. You'll, you'll, you'll walk, work through this example and you can see yeah, how you Think of it, you're trying to come up with, the, the, you're coming up with the, the, the minimum viable conversation here. <laughs> Excellent. You're going to have to- good. You have to do that a few times. And then once you think you have something in writing that looks pretty good, then we go on to step four, uh, which is role play. And uh, ideally, you you have a partner here. Now, one thing we didn't say is that ideally, you have a partner through with you uh, through all of uh, these steps, um, that you have someone who is helping you reflect and helping you revise and then help you with the role play. On the other hand, it's it's still if you if you have just you in the mirror, <laughs> it's it's better to to do your role play out loud even if it's just you, then to, to not do these steps. Well, and, and, and actually, you know, there'd be an even easier thing, which is I could just do it all in my head, you know, as I'm out jogging or something. How about that? I could just have the conversation in my head and pretend and, you know, just, yeah, I'll think about it. I won't actually say anything out loud. That would be embarrassing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that's um, that's not as good. I, I think that doesn't really really rise to the level of, of effort and practice we're having here. And the problem is, is while it's in your head, it still is that sort of amorphous uh, thing. And it's hard to really be critical uh, in your reflection as it is when you have it written down and kind of externalized outside of you. You get so many more options when you've actually taken the time to write it down and you can look at it as though a bit of detachment from yourself. As long as it's in your head, it's um, very, very hard to have any sense of just detachment from the the performance that you'd like to criticize in yourself. Oh yeah, I know how to do that part. I'm I'm okay on that. I'm sure it'll be okay. And then you get in and try it, and it definitely is not okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the problem is you're, you're going to suffer from the illusion of competence here, which is you're going to it's going to feel great <laughs> while while you're doing it in your head, and then when you when you come to actually say the words aloud for the first time, it's going to feel awkward and terrible. Absolutely. Well, there's a story I like to tell here. We have both of us, a friend named Benjamin, who taught us a lot of these things and worked with us as our partner for you and me, Jeffrey, many times on these kinds of steps. And he actually went further. When we say record, we might have made some listeners worry. They might think, I have to get a tape recorder. I have to get out my phone. You don't have to do that. You can write it down after. We'll go through that. But he would actually record it. He would actually make a physical recording of his conversations because he's he's such a, a, a thorough uh, advocate of this type of practice and he would describe how he would to us how he'd uh, go back to his hotel room because he was consulting and traveling and he'd play the recording for himself of how he'd what he'd done that day. And then he would shout at the recording. He'd say, Benjamin, don't say that. No, no, Benjamin, <laughs> don't do that. And that was very really helpful to him. Also very painful, but it was helpful to get it outside of him so he could feel it was this other person, Benjamin, who was screwing up and he could help Benjamin, uh, namely himself. Yeah. 
and 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 so that, that's an example where you know that 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 separation of having it outside of you and listening to as though it's a third party that you can see that very strongly in, in that example where <laughs> you know it's a recording you know you're not going to listen but you can't help but but respond and you respond so differently when it's outside of you like that so this is all uh, saying it's it's better to get this you know outside the sort of mental practice uh, at least you can do this by yourself and it's even better if you can find a, a partner someone who uh, is is maybe also trying to learn whatever skills you're you're trying to develop, and that they're also going through it, and you can help each other then because uh, there's this really interesting thing that happens that it's a lot easier to see the mistakes in someone else's performance. Um, you know, the the uh, moat in someone else's eye is very visible, while the beam in our own is <laughs> is invisible. So. Uh, and, and and that also then leads to another sort of sneaky extra step here, which is step four and a half, uh, which is uh, role reversal in in the role play. So again, you're going to be re- repeating uh, what you've done in the steps in the role play because what looked pretty good on page might feel a bit awkward when you try saying it in practice. And uh, if you struggle a bit, you might also have the re- role reversing and have the other person play you and see how it sounds to you to hear what you thought about saying. And it gives you a different way to, to uh, reflect and, and to uh, then revise again until you're comfortable uh, with it sort of coming and going at both speaking and, and, and hearing and, and happy with it both, both ways around. So that's, that's the outline. Those are the four R's. <laughs> Great. Uh, so I think we should take our listeners through an example. And uh, you found a really nice one, uh, which is a little different to our normal one. So, so long-time listeners will know we often talk about action science and, and the, the work of Chris Argyris. And, and he has a very nice mechanism called the two-column two column case study, uh, which we've talked about before. Links in the show notes, but we're um, not going to use a two-column case study. That's his method of recording and then re- reflecting. But we're going to use uh, something from somebody else, Dr. David Burns. Do you want to give us a, an introduction to, to Dr. Burns? We've mentioned him before, but I think it might be helpful if we remind ourselves who he is. We, we've mentioned um, Dr. David Burns a few times before in his Feeling Good podcast. I know we've provided links in the show notes a, a few times. So uh, Dr. Burns was an early practitioner, uh, an innovator in, in CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, wrote a, a best-selling book called Feeling Good, uh, follow up Feeling Good Together, and is then later developed something he calls Team CBT. Uh, and some of the skills that we talk about, we've we've gotten from him, uh, and of course we recredit them. And so uh, he has a, a set of techniques that he talks about. So he talks about, uh, for example, uh, the, his five secrets of communication, and then his case study format is it looks a, a, a little bit like the two column case study uh, that we've we've mentioned before, but it's a bit different. But what we'll see, what we'll show as we walk it through, is it has in, in his practice all of these steps. And so uh, we'll, of course, link in the show notes, we'll link to both his PDF of an example uh, relationship journal, and that's the relationship journal is what he uses for these sort of case studies between two people, uh, and you're examining your communication, as well as uh, a podcast where he describes his interpersonal model and uh, the use of the relationship journal. If listeners are, are um, who are not driving or anything are clicking on that link and going and looking at it, they might say to themselves, well, this looks like it's uh, therapy for a, a couple. And it is. So this is a husband and a wife who are interacting. And uh, we'll read it out for those who, who might be driving or something. Don't, don't go click on it um, if, you're, if that's not a safe thing to do. But what I, I definitely want to point out is there's only uh, like one or two places where there are references to the uh, couple relationship. This could easily happen between a pair of colleagues, a boss, and someone who works for him or her. 
it, it's um, completely applicable to work situations and specifically to agile teams, as you'll see. Yeah, and we and we've used this in the London organizational learning meetup, and I've I've used it in, in a work context before, and people have found it very helpful. And one thing that's and I think it's relevant here is in the example he uses, even though it's in a, about a relationship between husband and wife, it's really only one side that's doing this practice. In other words, you don't. It wasn't both of them putting it together. This is just in this case the wife recording and doing the case study, and then from there. Uh, reflecting on it, revising, going through all these steps. So let's start off with what is it recording? What's what is the actual exchange here? Uh, would you like to, to be one of the roles? And uh... sure. So I'll I'll be the person who's not recording. So I'll be the 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 other person. And uh, so I have a, a very complex set of things to say here. So everybody listen and, and get comfortable. Here we go. You never listen. All right. <laughs> so that that's in the relationship journal. Step one, write down what the other person said uh, and be brief. And actually, we managed to be brief that, that we've been successful on. Excellent. And step two is writing down what the other person said. Exactly. So now I write down my response. And in, in this case, I usually say nothing and just ignore him. It's a very brief dialogue. I, could, I can enact it this way. I say, and then there's nothing. <laughs> so. Excellent. So the, the key thing here is, and, and I promise to explain more about the recording, you, you, you really wouldn't need a tape recorder to get that. You might miss exactly the tone of voice with which the person says you never listen. You, the person might say you almost never listen. You might miss a word, but you're going to get the main the main point. You have the gist of it. And in, in particular, because this is about a lot about how you respond, even if what your recording is not exactly what they actually said. You're working on how you respond to what you believe you're hearing, and uh, that's actually very important work. So that's the those are the facts, and then we get into actually uh, the reflection. And part of the reflection here is, and I'm saying this is part of in this case reflection rather than recording is you put down what you think the other person might have been feeling, and emotions that you were feeling. So you're you're after the, ha the fact saying no, I think they may have felt this way and or that, and in some of the ones that were highlighted here is I I think that they may have been hopeless and discouraged and frustrated, uh, and I was feeling frustrated and, and lonely and guilty, and uh, and some other emotions there. But you you've got those emotions down, and then you get to the to the scoring. And, and before we even do that, I'll just remind listeners who remember last week, these are great feeling words. And we talked about how it's often, it's very common for people to say, I feel ignored. And certainly <laughs> the, the person who says you never listen might be feeling ignored, but that's, that's not what's happening here. The person is feeling sad, unhappy, rejected, humiliated, discouraged, uh, annoyed. Those are all actual, those are actual feelings. That's right. As opposed to ignored, which is not, uh, is not an actual feeling. And one of the ones we talked about last time. Uh, as a as a non feeling feeling word, so we have we have these these down, and and this is the point where I said like different models it, it will will do this exactly this recording a bit differently, uh, uh, the format be a bit different, and uh, what you record might be different, and then when you get to reflection and marking up and scoring, it, it'll be a bit different, and and in the in the case of uh, David Burns, he has a, a very simple step three good versus bad checklist. Where he he has his his model of you know listening with your ear e a r being empathy assertiveness and respect, so you know now did I as the respondent here did I do a good job so in the case of empathy did I acknowledge the other person's feelings and find some truth in what they said nope you didn't say a word yeah no so it's more like the, the bad communication would be you ignore the other person's feelings and argue and insist that they're wrong uh, okay well I think the ignoring definitely comes up there.
So I, I get I get that check. Uh, assertiveness. Did I express my feelings openly and directly? Um, not unless the other person has telepathy. Yeah, no. So, so, <laughs> so assuming they don't, then uh, then I failed to express my feelings or express them aggressively. So a, a, another check in the uh, in the bad column. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then finally, respect was my attitude respectful and caring. No, don't don't think you scored well on that. Nope. No. So unless unless that unless it was a very respectful silence, we're going to go with with no. So I, I have now kind of got the three marks in the bad communication column. Uh, that's literally what it's called on the on the checklist. It's not just our our judgment, and then uh, it's also part of the reflection. It's step four in the relationship journal. asks Did your response make the problem better or worse, and why? Mm-hmm. And in in this case, uh, then the the wife wrote down a uh, a response. Do you want to read that one out? Indeed. And again, I'll, I'll comment that this is perfectly applicable to any business relationship. There's there's nothing specific to, uh, to the um, husband and wife relationship. So she says, uh, my response confirms his belief that I'm not listening. As a result, he'll keep telling me that I'm not listening. This means that I've been forcing him to criticize me all these years. And I could certainly, I can think of uh, many pairs of, say, uh, business stakeholders and development teams who are in exactly this situation. You never listen to us. And the team ignores them. Therefore, they they then they complain that they're getting criticized. Right. This could be this could be sales and product, uh, uh, or it could be the development team and, and sales, or you can pretty much any two way uh, um, pairing within a, in a business environment. Indeed. So so we've done now two of the R's. We have our recording uh, of the uh, dialogue and the feelings. We have a reflection uh, where we scored it. And look at the consequences, and now we get down to the to the generative part. So, which is which is the revise. So, we we have whatever model we're working with. In this case, uh, uh, David Burns' model would say, <clears throat> use the five secrets of communication to come up with a better uh, alternative. So, what might we write here? In this in this case, in the sample, they've already done some of this work. Indeed, they actually have a bunch of different possible ones. And um, he says, if if your revised response is ineffective, try again. There, there's repeat again, kind of fifth hidden hidden R. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna get that that re- repeat in there uh, uh, right away because it's that's gonna be so common that it's it's baked in because the expectation is that you're practicing this and you're you're not likely to get it right. You should, you should have no expectation of getting it right on your first revision. In, in this case, what we have here is a, is a is a set that's been recorded after probably many subsequent revisions. Yeah, these are these are all pretty good options. These are all pretty good. And, and they've been, not only, not only are they there, but they've been sort of marked by which of the five secrets that they're enacting. So you get a disarming technique marked as DT, for example. So the response of saying, oh, you're right. I haven't been a good listener. You know, right right there, right? That That's a, a, a technique in the David Burns' model. So you're starting right off with doing that. And then uh, I've been arguing with you and defending myself, and it finally dawned on me that what you're saying is absolutely right. So we get here again is some more disarming as well as some thought empathy. Uh, also, then move into some feeling empathy. You're probably feeling really frustrated and ticked off at me. And again, so far all of this fits in the business context. Probably not so much on this next one. <laughs> uh, it upsets me to have to admit this because I love you so much, and now realize I've been pushing you away and ignoring you for years. But you could easily replace love with respect. You might even love people in your team. It depends on your on your point of view and how how, how your team works. But that's um, pretty easy to see that uh, you could say that it was upsetting you to admit it, and you realize that you've not been yeah. cooperating for years. I've loved working with you so much, and yet I've been pushing you away and ignoring your needs for years. 
and we finally get the uh, the inquiry. I'd like to hear more about how you've been feeling. Mm -hmm. So in this case, it's pretty good. But again, we, we think this probably is the result of, of, of much practice to, to get up uh, these uh, revisions. And then we get to finally step four, role play. Now, in this case, we, we, we have it here. Uh, I've kind of done a read through. I mentioned here also role reversal. So maybe, maybe we try the other way around this time. Scroll, what do you think? Sounds great. Exactly. So uh, I'm your friend who's trying to help you learn to do this and you're having trouble doing it. So I'm going to model for you one of these responses. Yeah. So I'm going so to host her off now the dialogue. Are you ready? Yeah, I sure am. Okay. You, you, you never listen. You're right. I haven't been a good listener. And you know what? You probably feel really frustrated and ticked off at me. So there we go. So I've practiced. I actually combined a couple of these just to try the slightly different variety. And Jeffrey can now figure out how that hears how that sounds to him. If he's having trouble doing it, he could try just saying it back exactly the words I said. He could try varying as I did. He could try various uh, approaches. But the danger is that having written down the revised version, you think to yourself, oh, now I'm done. You're, you're definitely not done. There are four steps, not three. That's right. And uh, that practicing out loud, it's much better if you have someone here, because when you finish, you can say, well, you know, how was that? How did that sound? Yep. If the answer is terrible, it means you need the fifth hour again. You need to do some more repeating. <laughs> That's right. Or if you just felt maybe maybe it, it sounded okay to them, but it felt awkward to you, you know, pra practice again until you feel smooth and comfortable. Uh, and then you're you're ready to go to go try. Excellent. So, so that's it. That that's a step through uh, the sort of the, the meta learning, the four R's. How any of these sort of um, reality based learning opportunities uh, it, that I've come across all tend to follow this, um, where you you have the step of of recording, you reflect on what you've done, you revise it. Of course, you re reflect and re revise. Then you role play, and then that might lead to more uh, role playing and more revision until you finally get something you're you're pretty comfortable with, and then and then you're ready to to take it on the road and go go try it. Uh, back with the the real people in the the real conversation. Indeed, yeah. If we want another R, we can say the the, the next one is reality. Go <laughs> go actually use it. See how that works out. That's right. Okay, so uh, we've got a couple of different models that you can use, and of course, listeners may have other ones they're familiar with, and we'd we'd like to hear about them if you use different models to uh, improve your practice. But what we're interested in is helping you improve your conversations that you're having about your agile team, and here are four steps you can follow with any of those. Uh, you'll see links in the show notes to the Argyris model, to Column Case Study, and to David Burns. So uh, of course, we'd love to hear it if you go out and try any of these, or if you get stuck. You write us a question, let us know how that's working out for you. We're at troubleshootingagile.com where you can find Twitter and email and probably lots of other ways. We haven't set up Carrier Pigeon yet, but maybe we keep threatening to. Uh, and of course, we should mention again that we have a talk coming and it's next week. So if you're in London or can get to London, we'd sure love to see you at Code Node or Skills Matter. I'm not sure which they're called these, these days, um, but uh, right in the center of London on uh, Tuesday, the the 19th. Better make sure I know which day it is. Tuesday the 19th at CodeNode. Um, you can sign up uh, with a link that we'll put in the show notes. And uh, we'd love to see you there. We're going to go into a lot more depth on uh, some of these methods and uh, practice with the audience. Also, uh, last thing to say is that we always love it when people subscribe in their podcast app of choice because it means that you'll be here next week and you can find out more about uh, we're not sure what we're going to talk about. We have a couple ideas, but uh, you can come back and, and listen to us again. So uh, please do that if you'd like to. All right. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Will. Well.